0: Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at The Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Hello everyone, and welcome back to our devotionals in Zechariah. Uh, This morning we're in Zechariah chapter 4, and it says this, Zechariah chapter 4 verses 8 to 10. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin and to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Yesterday, Andy and uh, and I, the day before were looking at this, um, the, the passage that immediately precedes this where it talks about Zerubbabel coming to build the temple and where it talks about not by might nor by spirit, but by the, uh, not by might or by power, but by the spirit. And uh, Andy focused yesterday on the the promise that mountains will be moved in order to have the purpose for Zerubbabel uh, completed. And that that purpose is for the temple to be built. Now, it's important to, to point out that who Zerubbabel and Joshua are, because we've seen them now in chapter four and chapter three. Joshua is the high priest, and Zerubbabel is the king. And so, together, these are the, the two uh, points of the two highest authorities in the people of Israel the high priest and the king, just to give that important clarification. So, we've seen Joshua, the high priest, being cleansed and commissioned for his role. And now we're seeing Zerubbabel established as that king, the one who will complete it. And you have to bear in mind, the people of Israel are still longing for this Davidic messianic king that's been promised for a long time. And one of the principal roles of the Messiah was to build the temple. And so I don't think it's a stretch to say they, there may well have been expectation that maybe Zerubbabel is this messianic king. Now, we're not going to go into that in too much detail this morning all i wanted to make the point was it's important that we understand who zerubbabel is in context and see what he's doing i mean i believe that zerubbabel is a preview of the messiah being jesus jesus the ultimate temple builder but that brings us to where we are this morning where zerubbabel has been told that the mountain will be moved that, that mountain could be uh, many different things it could be uh some people think it's the remains of the old temple they need to be cleared and that was an emotional and physically uh, laborious task to, to wipe away what once was. Um, some people think it could have been opposition. Whatever it is, there is something in the way of this project and the Lord promises it will be moved. But then we come to this next passage. But the Lord says something which I think is so profound. First, he says that the Zerubbabel will complete the job that he has now started. As God promised, it's not by might or power, but by his spirit. But then he says this, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I think the NIV and the ESV say, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. I I love, I love that, um, that verse. I love the truth and the concept behind it. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Now, when Zerubbabel hears that, you have to bear in mind the context that they're in is that they have had this glorious temple in the midst of the country for many years. A foreign nation has come and invaded it, destroyed it, stripped away all of their identity. And now they've come back. Jerusalem is still in tatters. There's a, a fraction of the amount of people there once was and whatever they can muster it just won't be as good as the previous one in the book of Haggai which is happening contemporaneously with this when the first uh, stages of the temple are uh, brought up are erected the people mourn and weep because it's nothing like the glory of the old but Haggai well, the Lord through Haggai encourages the people Don't worry, I I am with you and I will finish my purposes." So in this original context, there is this um, tendency and probably a temptation to despise this small beginning. The temple has begun, but it just doesn't look like much. But as in Haggai, so we're encouraged. The Lord encourages his people here. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin because it's him that the work is dependent on. He's already said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. Therefore, it's going at the progress that the Lord decides to take it at. And if he is pleased to only make a small beginning of it, he's delighted to see it because it's his work that is being purpo- It's his purposes which are being fulfilled. And I think this, uh, this, this verse, this concept that the Lord rejoices in the day of small beginnings, and so we too should not be disheartened by the day of small beginnings, is really something that is sown throughout all of salvation history. We have a tendency to look at the small and the insignificant, the things that don't have much outward glory, and say, well, there's nothing there. There's, not, there's no value to it. It doesn't mean anything. It's not going to do anything. You know, that's not going to change the world. But the Lord says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Not only in this temple, but 400 years later, you have Jesus standing uh, on a mount saying to his disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Go, therefore, and most translations you might read as uh, make disciples of the nations. But almost certainly better translation is, Disciple the nations. Go and disciple the nations. You think this is, These are 12 guys. Well, 11 by this point. These are 11 guys with no prestige, with no, uh, with no social or cultural um, uh, wealth or influence. And they're being told to go and disciple the nations, to leave this slither of land in the Middle East and disciple the nations. And they, they, they can't do it. Jesus tells them, you know, but before you do that, go back to Jerusalem. And so they, they go back and they huddle in Jerusalem. It even says they're in fear because of the Jewish leaders. But then obviously, if you, as we know the story, these 12 people empowered by the Holy Spirit then start to spread out and then, uh, and then persecution comes and so they spread further. And then persecution comes, so they have to spread out even further. By the end of the book of Acts, you have churches all over um, the Mediterranean. You have uh, l- thousands upon thousands of people professing Jesus as Lord. You have Paul ending up in the capital uh, of Rome, where he is then establishing a house church and, and, and encouraging the churches which are already there. Loads of the letters of Paul are Paul writing to churches which someone else has planted, now he's heard about, and he has to write to them too and find out about them. And so, Even in the book of Acts, you see the day of small beginnings turns into what the Lord intends for it. And it's easy, it would be easy for the apostles to say, there's nothing here. We're just 12 guys. There's no way the Lord can do anything through this. But the Lord says, do not despise the day of small beginnings. The Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He's done that. That's how he established his church. That's how he continues to build his church. In the 1500s, when the church had grown grotesque, it added things onto itself, it had distorted the gospel. One man put a piece of paper on a a door. Martin Luther nails his 95 thesis to a church door in Wittenberg in 1517. The Reformation begins and it sparks the whole of Europe, really, into this uh, frenzy of getting back into the Bible, of reshaping our doctrine according to Scripture. That was a small beginning. Martin Luther could have been killed multiple times. He was uh, sent a a papal bull where he was deemed a heretic and had to stand trial and he burned it in public. Again, the Reformation was a day of small beginnings, but the Lord has purposes through it. One of the things that we've been focusing on as we've gone through Zechariah is that the Lord has plans to extend his kingdom over all the earth to build his new Jerusalem over all the world, to bring in all the nations, to have a church which is humongous, to establish his glory here in his creation. We have a tendency to look around and say, well, don't see much sign of that. You know, we like to say, oh, that will all happen when Jesus comes back. But it it doesn't seem that way in the Bible. It seems that Jesus returns to that. It's easy to look around and say, small beginnings. It's never going to happen. But the Bible says, do not despise small beginnings. The Lord is pleased to see the work begin. Even if it is small, even if we don't see much fruit at first, even if we never see fruit in our lifetime, as Christians, let's never despise the day of small beginnings. Let's rejoice and join in with the Lord's rejoicing, because he is rejoicing to see the work even begin. We often want to see the result as soon as we've begun. But the Lord, it seems, rejoices in the process. And so let's pray, let's ask the Lord, let's pray as Jesus taught us to pray, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done. But let's not despise the day of small beginnings. Indeed, let us rejoice in them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have purposes, purposes which you will bring about. Purposes that won't be achieved through might or strength, but by your spirit. And so, Lord, with that in mind, teach us not to despise small beginnings, but to rejoice to see the work begin. Lord, teach us to be patient. Teach us to uh, find joy in the knowledge that you are doing the ultimate uh, temple building, that the plumb line is in your hand. So in Jesus' name we pray, Amen.